Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. My name is Jens Heitland and welcome to the show. Today's guest is a chef from Venezuela, a founder of Jungla. He has big interest in insects. So please welcome to the show, Louis Lizzie. So tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? What's going on in your world? Oh, I, I actually, I am a little bit in two worlds. Actually, this is kind of the, how I call my concept because it's two worlds what I am on, the world of Europe and the world of Denmark, where I come from and where I became a chef. And then where I came from, from my heart, that is the south part of Venezuela in the Amazonian jungle, that I came here, what, 20 years ago huh. because of tours and experience exchange with students and young people. So I came here to Europe and I got a chance to cook. And they're like, wow, this guy is super crazy. And then I just started all the travel from there. So what can I say about me? Yeah, I've been here for 20 years and I am basically a chef. I've been traveling a bit around Europe. And since then, I have realized that it doesn't really matter where you are. You're always going to put a little bit of your country in or your jungle in. And then as we realize, well, let's make something of a kind of a lifestyle called jungle. And that is where we open Jungla, and that's what we've been actually doing for the last four years. That is just basically working with a superfood, and not only as a superfood, but also as a lifestyle, yeah. working, traveling, adventure, and so on. So how is it growing up in a jungle? I mean, I have never been in the jungle myself, so... No, and what is growing, growing up in the jungle as a 168-centimeter <laughs> dude, with green eyes, half Italian, because I grew up in the jungle. My mom is indigenous by birth, but my father is Italian. So I always been having this kind of, again, this kind of two worlds from the beginning. And yeah. so, but it's been, of course, in the beginning, super challenging. Also, because we don't know anything about racism in the jungle. So I was called, I was called the little albino monkey. Switch. If <laughs> right now you say that in a, anywhere in the city, that would be a many a big problem. But no, I was to be very very honest. Until I was there, it was very hard. Mm. I didn't know what I had until I came out from there. When you are eight years old and you are growing up with six other kids mm. in the forest, you don't understand why your mom is doing what she's doing. Yeah. And then when you come in here and you realize all the craziness and all the good things she's been doing around down in the forest, then is when you realize that it's been amazing. So growing up in the jungle, it was first 
super active. I am super active and energetic. And uh, we don't know anything about HDH. What? Get out and do something. So that's how I grew up. And that's my kids are. And we are like that. So a lot of nature, a lot of contact with nature, a lot of independence, a lot of responsibilities because since I was five year old, I have to take care of my mom and my family and my friends. And then my mom, long story, make sure my mom built kind of a huge free school for kids. Mm. So she started to pick up all everybody from all the countries, from Brazil, indigenous from my mom's community, indigenous from the community we are living at. Mm. So it was a beautiful, beautiful mix. And we grew up like 10 people. But I never went to a school until I was like 13, 14 years old. That was the first time I saw a computer and I saw things like, wow. So that was crazy. So how did you end up in Denmark? Because of jungla. Because the way I always talk when I was a kid, always came mostly Germans, French, Australians, Italians. They were like super backpackers and they were coming to the backyard of my house when we were watering the plants, you know, and taking care of the fucking goat. And they were like, oh, we come to experience. It's like, ah, cool, man. This is our backyard. And they were like, wow, how do you come in here? How do you live here? Mm. You know, mostly because, again, I was super blonde and green eyes and things. They're like, how you live in the jungle? You're so small. You haven't been eaten by a wolf or anything. <laughs> so it was like, no, man, no worries. Ah, we want to see the Amazonian jungle. And I said, well, that's in the backside of my house. If you want, guys, because I am a very shy person and I hate talking. <laughs> I am a guy of a few words. Then I says, if you guys want, I can just take you. I was seven, eight years. So I just start to develop actually this love of showing my country and showing my roots to other people yeah. until I was say, 18, 19, actually, when I was working as a professional tour guide. That I got a bunch of Danes and Swedish and Dutch people and they came to South America for six months. And again, it was like a round, uh, round trip. Yeah. And I fell in love with that super, super, super tall girl. Like, and I was like, wow, she's really good to climb. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I fell in love with her and she says, well, this little guy, he's good as a souvenir. So she brought me here to Denmark and that's how I've been here after that. Well, you saw those there and of course I got divorced, but I kept all the culture from here. And again, I am trying to build this bridge about these two crazy worlds I come from because I am 40 years old and I've been 20 years in the Amazonian jungle and now 20 years here in Europe and mostly in Scandinavia. So my mostly because of the new generations, I am trying to build this crazy bridge between cultures and everything else. Yeah. So cool. that's how I am here in Denmark. And every time I try to get out, I get a completely new crazy concept of a project and besides my kids and so on. So I am also yeah, making them ready for the crazy world in a way that I also experienced back home. So that's how I'm here in Denmark. What is the biggest difference from a way of thinking between these two worlds? It's, um, let's not get delicate here because maybe some people from the government can be seeing the program <laughs> and I get out of the country. But no, it's about, again, let's imagine it as a bridge and it's positive things and negative things about both of the cultures. Yeah, yeah. Strong things about my cultures in South America, back home in Venezuela and the Amazonian jungle, and amazing things that I have developed also here in Denmark. So for example, 
Mostly what I would say is the spontaneity. In South America, in Venezuela, in the South Park, we in the Amazonia forest, we hug, we kiss, we don't know you, but I feel you. And if I feel you nice, then you are my family. Here is a little bit more barriers. It's more barriers you have to cross through years, but also as well, when you go all through those barriers, then you find an amazing person as well. So what I would say first is, of course, the personalities. And it's not only because it's a warm country, because I know also people from warm countries, from from Arabia or from the Mediterranean and Greece and Italy and things. But it's this taste. And that's what I would like to share mostly. So it's many things, but I would say mostly is the personalities and, of course, nature and Copenhagen because I didn't move to, for example, North Jutland or to Bornholm or to a peaceful, nice place. I came to Copenhagen where it's like a super developed IT technological city. And mm. that's been the most difficult and a strong thing for me is been trying to canalize this wild dude into a, a structure. <laughs> they know I'm very serious and it's not only as a personality, it's not only with Jungla, but it's been also socializing with the friends so it is that, it's the personalities, it's uh, mostly of the difference of personalities and the weather, the warm and the heat and the cold. I think that has a lot to see with everything. Yeah. So you mentioned jungle a couple of times already. Before we go into that, like you're an educated chef. Yes, sir. So how did you get towards like from the jungle going to Denmark and then getting a chef? Uh, because in the beginning I got like the basic of cooking when you have 20 Danish for, well, not only Danes, but when you have 20 Europeans for three, four months around Venezuela for different places, you get like two big trucks, cars, off-roads, four-wheel drive, and then you drive with them for six months. So again, even though it sounds super cool, it's a huge fucking responsibility to have guys of two meter tall, you have to tell them, don't get drunk tomorrow, we need to travel. So it, it was very difficult for me, but I got a lot of essence of cooking. Mm -hmm. Not much into like gastronomy or everything, but mostly how much rice you have to cook for 10 person for 15 days when you're going to Angel Falls or things like that. So this small essence of it. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's also because I take chances. I like to take whatever God's give me in front. If you said to me, bro, and that's how I started. It was a friend who suddenly I was working in a travel agency with my ex-wife as a travel arranger, arranging travels to South America. Mm. And then one of his, the manager's brother has a pizzeria. And then he says, oh, my mama, and then she says she's super sick and she got to go to Italy. Can you please take care of it? I was like, oh my God, after three months coming to Denmark, I have to take care of a pizzeria. I don't know anything about pizzeria. <laughs> I am half Italian, but just the looks, you know, I am a little white albino monkey. <laughs> yeah. So they gave me the pizzeria. And of course it was a good pizza guy. Mm. Also from the town where my father is from Bari in the South Italy. So even though it was, again, it was this connection by blood and genetic that he, we make a very good connection. And actually after two weeks, when the guys came back from Italy, I had actually increased the numbers of the pizzeria. We changed the color. We put it like a big mama pictures and completely renovated. So actually he was like, wow, you're pretty good with all these things of cooking. And what are you doing with travel agencies? 
Of course, because that's what I did in South America and Venezuela. That's what I was trying to do here. Yeah. So he says, you know what? I can give you a chance. If you really want to do this, go and be a chef and study to be a chef. And uh, since then, I started to get experience and I went through Hard Rock Cafe, Scandic, and making all the sponsorings that we're going to get afterwards. But all those names, I went through it and he says, you know what? Get into the school, study, become a chef, and then you can actually give the shape and give the last touch that you need for your cooking. And that's how I became a chef, like five, six years ago. It's not that much, but I am so intense that I've been putting like 20 years of my cooking in five years. So it's been a very good trip, actually. And that's just the official education you have been through. You have been cooking have, before, so. Yeah, I have a, another, after that, because I really started to love the cooking and because I was coming for a place that we ate insects every morning, like like for real, you know, like porridge. So I came from a place that it was a lot of insects and suddenly through the school here in Copenhagen, they showed me something that was molecular gastronomy. And I was like, what? Which is like a super uh, fancy, high tech cooking. And then I was like, I got blown away because I never seen these kind of things, you know, smoky food and things like that. And no, but seriously. And then I was like, wow, imagine if you can make smoky insects. And then it's when I start to, again, mix up both worlds and came crazy. 98% of the ideas, ah, 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 ah. and then 2% of the ideas, okay. And that's how I've been living for five years now. Awesome. Yeah. So, so then you have, I would call it an imperium of, I think you're the single most person except myself who has like the most ideas on how to run businesses and do like super idea stuff. So tell us about Jungla. What is Jungla? Oh, the point is that. The point is that I don't have idea how to make an imperial <laughs> or be an imperialist. I just have a huge dream and a huge passion. And that's Jungla. Jungla is basically, we can talk, Jungla is gastronomy but as i've been defining by the small patient talks that we've been having with you and your company i think jungler is a lifestyle is a whole way of being so what i've been is doing is of course focusing most in the gastronomic point because that's my background that's what i am not good but that's what i like and love so jungler is now since three four years ago developing from superfoods to experiences to traveling to connection between people so that's basically jungla uh, you need to explain superfood what is superfood for you superfood well i wish i was like nine one ninety four centimeters of superfood is me but no superfood is actually all that food that reacts that makes you have a respect for everything you are going to get and at the same time when you get it kind of react and works together with your body, like a microbiotic food, like food that act after you eat it, it keeps working and doing an effect. It can be molecularly or it can be just like energy and it can be like a good sense. So that's what I call superfood. And it's coming as a big wave. And that's what I'm getting like crazy because it's coming to Europe now and I've been listening to this and I didn't know it was called superfood. Because that's what I got for my mornings. I was like super bored about that food. <laughs> But now when I can see that everybody is trying to eat high protein, green food. And also when I said respect about the food is a huge dilemma that I have right now with the superfood. Is that because people is getting like a very generic word of superfood. 
we are abusing the world's superfood. And then let's not make concrete examples, but for example, an avocado, and then you say, okay, let's make something that is super good, is super nutrition. But when you eat too much avocado, you are affecting and unbalancing the mm -hmm. ecosystem and your gastronomic ecosystem. So then even though you are thinking you're doing something amazing, you are not. So what I'm trying to do is kind of making a balance and making a fusion with the things that I used to eat when I was a kid that result 20 years ago result to be super amazing, like acai, guarana powder, guarana fruits, moringa, insects, edible insect, ants, things that when I saw my mom feeding me with ants, I was like, wow, now 20 years ago is the boom. So that's what I call like, it's blowing my mind and it's been giving us for a small amounts in that time, it gave us everything we needed to live. So that's what I call superfood. And again, it's a lot of people who is going to watch us that knows much, much more about superfood or about every concept that I can give. But the point with me is that, as you said in the beginning, I come from the forest where I am starting to discover name and science behind foods and experiences that we used to do every day and now are becoming amazing here in Europe. So for me, superfood is whatever that makes you good in your body after you eat it and it works after mostly macrobiotic food. I am in love with it. After yeah. something that when you eat it, it's just keep working even for weeks. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's like a natural Red Bull. That's what we need to make a food revolution, give respect for food and start to be more conscious about what you eat. And it's not about the amount, it's about the quality of what you're eating. Yeah, I need to take one of your courses to get the knowledge as well. I'm no still worries. super shitty. We will, we will learn together because also beside the courses, and it's also a big dilemma of what I'm having is that I need to try to balance where you are come from. For example, now you're mm -hmm. talking like business, talking like jungla and one of my courses. I will need to go to your place and see what is the local thing you have in your place. No, because seriously, uh, for example, uh, me, my big experience maker is with the edible insects because they're exotic and they're highly in protein. But I'm having a huge dilemma of because of the CO2 trail, all the amount of money that I am mm. charging just to bring 100 grams of insects to tell you that it's super sustainable. When I have already spent first a lot of money into it, and second, the whole process, because again, it's not something that is local. So yeah. what I'm trying right now, mostly right now with the corona that I've been having time to travel here inside Denmark, is to realize that the local things that, again, whatever you have in your garden, maybe you have a Ramsloy, wild garlic, and okay. then I'm trying to give you quinoa from Bolivia when you have garlic in your garden and it has the same amount of nutrients. So yeah. the courses, the courses is, it will be most like a consultant between brothers because it's finding out what you have about you, what you have local, and just structuring and canalizing a little bit of that, balancing that, and it's gone because... We, yeah. All of us, we grew up with mama's food and grandma's food, and that's the food. Then it's been down. So we just need to recanalize, give more respect. And so yeah, I think that's the big thing, especially because I'm, I'm into sports. It's like as more you go back to basics, as better it is for you, especially when you do like long distance stuff like I did with triathlon. You really go back to nuts and seeds and like normal greens, not like the high sugar shit. Then you get better. Like your whole body gets used to that and it's like you're developing in, in a completely different way. Of course, again, it comes from where you're from because mm. 
in many places, and that's why I'm so blessed to be in Copenhagen because here people has a green mentality, but in many places it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to go to knots, <laughs> knots with the knots because it's super expensive. Sometimes what is, like you just said, it's just going with the basic. And also, I think also is where your body reacts and reacts to it. Because yeah. even though, for example, this has happened to me, rice milk and soya milk and things like they're supposed to be super food and things like that. But when I taste it, my body says, Mm-mm-mm-mm. so it's many things that seriously it's many things that your body says you know yeah. what give yourself even to water give yourself to a good glass of water two three glasses of water at night before you go to bed things like that that is going to make an amazing mineral and change in your body without being much so that's like one piece of jungler what else is going on in jungler ay 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 Jungla, like I try to make a point. Jungla is a tree that I'm trying to plant and grow. Of course, as all the tree, it has different branches mm. because of that blessing. It has different branches because, yeah, it's different. Uh, I don't know how to call it. It's like a different point of view from the same concept. You know, for example, what I was talking before with the primitive, super basic food and the molecular gastronomy, super Michelin, super advanced food. It's different branches, but at the same time, it's the same tree. So yeah. what we are doing right now with Jongla is the trying to make that tree strong because it got a good roots, it got a, it got a good roots, it got good vitamins, it got good nutrients. After that tree is strong, we open, like I said in the beginning, we open ourselves to everything. We take chances, we take experiences, and we take the opportunities. So Jongla can be from amazing designs <laughs> of shirts, which makes an impact, which makes an impact, which makes an influence, not only like a marketing influence. Yeah. You know, yeah. It kind of can make a whole overview of what your concept is for example me with jungle as a lifestyle if i will make shares which i'm already trying to find the owner of this company to give me some tips about it but if i make some share for example if i make it with some jungle style so with something unique designs mm. when people see one of the workshops or one of the products in the supermarket when they see one of the products or when they see ah is this guy is making a workshop out mm. in the in the big Christmas square tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. Then they know a little bit what it is without knowing and listening to this guy for 40 hours. Talking. <laughs> you know, so as branches, I could say that we have some products that we are trying to get in the market because like that, I could have a little bit of the freedom of going to the Amazonian with a couple of students or with some people and getting to there and having a little bit of some money. We do workshops and basically we are trying to focus ourselves after this. Well, not we are trying, but COVID is making us focus in a gastronomic consultant, which is like, basically, I would say the amateur level of what you do using the gastronomy oriented. It's you know, not really amateur level. You have, you have shown me the video of the, was it a beach bar? Or like yeah, beach yeah, that was that was actually a gastronomic consultant where the guy has an amazing location, 50 meters from the beach, and he was selling pizza. So it was <laughs> like, hermano, you have the beach there para bailar la bamba and all the fires and all the things, and you want to make pizza. I'm sorry, I'm Italian, but ma chue, brother, chue. No, tell us the story. So what what did you do with him and for with him? the gastronomic consultant? He saw one of my experiences that I do here around in town of Copenhagen, and he got crazy about this guy. And he says, "Can you make some natural burgers?" And then I says, 
natural burgers. Yes, I can make natural burgers. I can make insect burgers if you want. Can you make pizza? I'm like, ah, I'm Italian, I'm half Italian, but I can I can try to make pizza, you know? I says, okay, let's go. Then he went and showed me this place. Mm. And then he showed me the place. And as I said, he got an amazing location. Like if you get five, six good people and a good investor, you make a Michelin place there yeah. in the yeah. restaurant. He got an amazing location, but he, he didn't have the vision or the knowledge in that sense to make such a big step and make a restaurant. So from there, I says, you know, we are doing Jungla. One of the branches is the gastronomic consultant. When we come in here, we build your place from a local, a place that is completely closed with anything. We design everything from the menu, from the lookout, from the design, from the concept. We check out the menu. We train your stuff. We check out how is the quality of the food, hygiene, controls, everything. The guy was completely in love because he got a kind of like a camping place. And imagine they says, and in the free time, you can have me. And he was like, yeah, because at the free time after the restaurant, I was just around going around in a tractor, helping him move the things and <laughs> helping with the mini golf and playing the drone. And so it wasn't a very, very, very good collaboration. And in the end, what he got is an amazing restaurant. In that time, as I said, it was close to the beach. And the local thing, it was, of course, the local Danish producers. He was buying things from the other side of the city, where in front he got an amazing cucumber. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't look as beautiful and blah, 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 but it's ecological, it's amazing, and it costs three quarters less of the price that you're paying for. So yeah. that's what I basically did. Again, it's just what he got, just clean a little bit his glasses, show what he got, and of course, change the freaking pizza. For he got in front of the beach as much as I love pizza, but if you are in front of the beach, think a little bit, make some fish, make you are Nordic, make the fusion again, build your own bridge between two worlds, smoke some salmon, smoke some fish, make some code, make some, and that's what exactly what I did. And he's super happy, and now he's making the cash. And I am here in my apartment checking out for the next branch to grow. So, what was the result for him? The result for him, it was. Uh, again, I am um, in my country. If you talk so much about yourself, they will be like, <laughs> they would cross you with an arrow. But he learned how to structure what he got as a as a potential place. Hmm. He learned how to structure that together with a little bit of gastronomy, a little bit of service, a little bit of respect, canalize, shape, polish, and he got an amazing result because he got a restaurant out of a forty square meter local that he got there for his uh, machines and his uh, products so yeah. like a depositum so he got an amazing place and now he's like in the top three of the best countries in Denmark and he's, uh, every time I hear a friend they go there it's like wow the menu is amazing blah 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 so pretty good for him and again I hope that he'd see also the other branches because now when he got the restaurant then I have also the possibility of doing a workshop over there or yeah. putting my superfood products as I have. Yeah. So setting up some of the superfood products and so on. So again, it's a little bit of building bridges between what you can and what I can and then try to collaborate and co-create together. Yeah. And it's really cool. And you have documented that in a video, which I like very much. And we will put the video as a link as well into the show notes. Thank you. It's because I love all your visuals. I go with my <laughs> camera. I go like a little freaky guy with my camera everywhere because... Also because of the bridge, and sorry I interrupt you, but no, also good. because of the bridge, as much as we are talking about Europe and Europe, but imagine one of my families and one of my friends in Santa Elena, in my town, when they see these molecular grasshoppers and things, 
take it also mind blow the same way as I did the first time, because yeah. first they see that I feel proud and I am proud about my roots. And they, by consequence, they also feel super proud about the products they have. And they also get mind blown. They go to the family and says, this guy is making nitrogen <laughs> insects, you know? So it is amazing also. And that's what I try to document things because sometimes as much as I talk, sometimes when I go back to my jungle and I said to them, wow, and they eat insects and they eat my things, they eat our things. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, Louis, sure, of course. So I like to document it. And that's why I try to learn a little bit and sit down in a computer to try to edit this video that you are talking about. And I'm, Super proud because, again, my people in Venezuela, in South America, they can see where we come from. They can see the fusion we are bringing to here. And I hope they really feel proud about it because even, for example, the restaurant we make, I took care that even the cutlery, even the tables were recycled, even the tables were homemade, were like fair trade that I didn't know it was called like that until a couple of years ago. In my home, always yeah. it's like about yeah. karma. If you did something with the heart, it was always going to come back. So that's what I did. So we took really good care of the things. And I really feel proud that the people is eating almost a super nice gourmet food in the middle of a pallet recycled things on a rock sitting in front of a beach. That made me super happy. Yeah, because again, I gave a little bit of the jungler lifestyle where they had it and they canalized it. And now they feel more grounded what they have yeah what i love about that video is you can feel it even just watching it like when i was watching it i was saying like shit i want to go there i would love to be there and just having a beer and hanging out there and again and that's what i'm trying to and that's what i actually like friends like you are trying to help me with this it's like i'm trying to give that a structure because i have a lot of energy a lot of essence mm. a lot of amazing dreams But now it's time to put it on a structure where you can actually feel it and you can actually say, oh, I want to go there and drink a beer with these guys. And, yeah. you know, why not making an insect beer? <laughs> so. so you have mentioned it once, at least, lollyhoppers. What yeah. are lollyhoppers? The lollyhoppers, that's my baby product. That's my baby product because it catch the essence of the jungle with the taste of Europe and the outlook of Europe. Wow, that was good. I have to write that, but, uh, but it's, that's the lollipopper. It's a lollipop make of a grasshopper. As simple as it sounds, actually my kids have been helping me with this. I took what we did in my mom's language is called kailau, is the grasshopper. What I did is I roasted and we put some chili sauce that is fermented by the spit of the oldest lady in the community. She spits on this sauce and the natural enzymes of your mouth makes the fermentation to be possible. So I infuse that into the thing. I have one liter that has been for two years. So imagine if it's powerful. <laughs> so what I, I infuse that and then after I have the basic Amazonian product, mm. then I change my mind. I switch it into the Scandinavian, Norwegian and Italian mentality of the molecular gastronomy. Mm. And then I infuse it and then I blow it into isomalt infused with nitrogen, sesam and a mint syrup. So what I do is like a super cool lollipop, lollipopper. And not to induce you the taste whenever you are going to taste it, but it's like a super powerful, nutrient-full sneaker. Can you buy that already somewhere? Mm, yes and no. The only way you can buy it right now, because again, I am a homemade guy and I am learning how to structure my company. The only way you can buy them is through 
events and workshops or consulting so yeah. far. Why? Because here in Denmark and Europe is many laws, different laws about commercializing, for example, with insects in many countries that is not allowed. Many countries, it is allowed. Yeah. So yeah. even though I am under all the European rules, it's many countries that you are not allowed to commercialize it with still. Mm. So I'm trying to, again, to get some good advice and good structure in order of having the right papers, the right European part, side of it, so I can go with a strong product outside. But the only way, the only people who has eaten is because they have been in one of my workshops, mm. one of the consultants, or one of the experiences we create together sometimes around. Yeah. So then you mentioned experiences. What experiences are you doing? <laughs> my friend, I don't know what I can explain you for the word experience because the word experience is being a little bit generalized. Mm. But experience is just something that you're going to forget. Sorry, that you're never going to forget. <laughs> that you're going to remember. That you're going to remember for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. Every morning when you wake up or every morning you sit on the river or every morning you are by yourself, you are going to remember that moment. And that's what I'm trying to create. And that's what I try to be as close as possible to experiences. Give an example. What experience, like maybe an example from the college in Poland you have been working mm, The college of Poland, it was an amazing experience because I still actually, besides the gastronomic part, I still keep in touch and we have created like a super nice network or amazing professional people. But when I talk about experience again, is for example, yeah, you, you mentioned Poland. It was in a castle where it was a lot of amazing, crazy, fucked up people that we were together. And because we were all super professional, the whole thing was smooth and amazing. It was making food in the most creative, innovative and open-minded way you could and try to make that people come into your world at least for a second. If you can make your person, the person, your guest, your customer, your kids, whatever you, now we're talking astronomically in, in order of experience. If you can make that person to travel to that place you are trying to represent for one second, that's mm. an experience to me. Mm. And it's not only gastronomically, because what I do also as well sometimes is that we take a couple, some crazy chef and some crazy adventurers from Europe. We go max five, six people, We go to the Amazonian jungle in a way of an expedition. Mm. And from there, each second is an experience from making your breakfast, find dry wood, getting through without malaria, going through without malaria. <laughs> the whole thing when you are sitting three days in your ferry in the Amazonian river, when you are sitting and you play football with a guy that doesn't have any shoes or not even legs, but still he's playing with you. Mm. Those small things as simple as I used to see it, When I come here, I realize that those are the experience. Yeah. And that's what I want to share with Jungla. And that's why I'm so eager to try to build this crazy bridge between and I says, guys, come and check it out. And at the same time, also, why not come at the other people and check out what an amazing experience you can have also here in Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, so how do you see yourself from an entrepreneurial perspective? I don't. <laughs> I don't actually. And that's my point that even though I've been working even in Michelin restaurants and things like that, I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. I just see myself as a stupid dreamer <laughs> who is just trying to share a concept of a dream with the, as many people as he can reach. Mm. And if in that road and if in that direction, 
you meet up a couple of guys where you can co-create and make a little bit of cash or a little bit of a different projects and making one of those ideas you get per day and making it real. That's the way I see me as an entrepreneur. That's simple as that. So how do you channelize all your crazy ideas into lolly hoppers, into all the other businesses you have? To be honest, Emmanuel, I was trying to be a very weird copy, also because I'm a quarter European, even though my roots, I grew up in the jungle and everything, but my father is from Italy, South Italy. So I was trying to completely crazify my roots when I came to Europe. And then I realized it was until 2016 that I went to work in a Michelin restaurant in the north part of Norge. And when I went to Norway, there was a Michelin place, but the plates, the food, even the service was super real, super down to earth. The plating looked like a piece of forest. Mm -hmm. So then I got like the last neuron I had exploded. And then it was like, wow, why should I have to try to copy something from Milano when I was studying molecular gastronomy? Mm. Why should I have to try to copy something from Milano if I can just recreate exactly where I come from? Mm. And then is when I start to create my crazy dishes and my, my crazy recreations of jungla. And that's how I kind of see it, as you said. <laughs> that's cool. So... If you could create a Junglai experience, which like imagine you could create an experience where everyone in the whole world, like every human being could go through, what would you build? Gastronomically. Yeah. Because if it's a completely, then you will need a whole life. But gastronomically, <laughs> gastronomically, and that's what I'm trying to do is if I will move my camera right now about my apartment, I'm trying to recreate where I come from. I have banana plants. I have passion fruit plants, but they are not in their own habitat. So for me, it's a little bit difficult to recreate something in a different world. So like you said to me, if I was like the most amazing, powerful experience I would be, it would be going, taking you through the most basic, primitive, normal, but respectful My mom, every time I killed an animal, even if it was not climate change friendly or whatever, that way, I didn't know anything about that. You have to give the respect to that animal deserve. So taking you to that trip from the very beginning, the very basic of, for example, right now that we talk a lot about lollyhoppers and the cycles and things, like I have done it in some of the music festival when I go with, uh, with Jungla, is showing the kids, mostly new generations, how the living insects are, how do they fit from, because even the taste of the insect itself can change and variate depending on what you feed them with, mm. you know? So mm. I want to like, in a way, show them the whole process from the tomato. How did I got the compost? From where did I got the compost? Because if I ask my kid right now where the tomato come from, they would say from the supermarket. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and me as a little white, monkey from albino monkey that makes me feel like no okay yeah it is but i would like to take you from the beginning from how it's a tomato is made to the whole process of the insect eating that tomato and why the insect tastes like this to yeah. the powder version of tomato the powder version of the insect the juice version of the insect the burger version of the insect the molecular version of the insect the edible air of insect and then so on and so on from the most normal thing to the most amazing boom experience. That would be for me 
And that's what I try to recreate when I make an experience. Now we're talking about workshops or anything like this is that is try to show the whole process, even because that's also a little bit of a problem right now with vegans and vegetarianism. And they say that insects is also a many superfood. They are not too friendly, as mm. I was mentioned before, with the chia, with the quinoa, with the avocados. Mm. But we're trying our best. The point is not to be so much extremist and not to eat so much of one only thing and just to make a small balance. Because mm. we are trying, for example, like again, as I was saying with the insects, we're just trying and we don't want to make it as a as a rule, but we just want to let you know that it is there and it has an amazing high value on proteins. But I don't want you to stop to eating meat. That's your own free will. That's your own respect for yourself, respect for the animals and respect for what you have around. That's up to you. Now, I'm not one to be a priest and tell you what to do. <laughs> you know, no, but to be honest, because... It's the same as home. Like I said before, if we have to kill a chicken, we have to kill a chicken. Give the respect to that and enjoy that and try to use as much of that big chicken as possible. So that's what I'm trying to do in here and try to give that mostly, for example, kids, my kids, new generations, that they get this awareness of what actually they are getting, that not just eating 25,000 avocados a day is going to save the world. It takes a little bit more. <laughs> so what do you think where will you be in a year from now <laughs> hi my friend as a very good friend who got like a very wise voice like this or talk like this with a beer I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow the point is that I will have my heart and my chest to go for it in a year from now hopefully as we can see today 2020 don't think about a year because the government is shut you down your dreams. So keep dreaming, focus on your dreams, whatever it is. Now I'm talking in my own case, but whatever we are doing, make a reduction out of your dream, make a molecular sphere out of your dream and just make put it in the freezer because whatever opportunity comes to your door, hopefully you're going to be ready to take it. From podcast uh, collaboration with my friend Jane Hyman, or just simply experiences in the forest. Right now I have a friend who is talking about some TV shooting here in Denmark. So depending on what it is, but I don't have idea where I see myself in one year. As soon as we are healthy and as soon as I am in the same path, which is trying to share my little dream with everybody, I don't really care where I am. That's cool. What news sources are you using? Like where can people read up about insects, superfood and all these kind of things? Hermano, as I said from the beginning, if you want to learn about everything, don't learn from me. Not even the Spanish, <laughs> not even my English. Don't learn from me because I'm not good at teaching. You know, again, no, no. But to be very serious is the knowledge I am getting, I'm getting in completely new. So I'm pretty sure you know way more about how many kind of omega a fish has as a marathon guy, you know, as a sport guy. I'm pretty sure you know way more better how many omegas the fish has and how many omegas the protein has. I do not know. What I know is that people is taking conscience of what they are eating. People is getting conscious of what they are sharing, what they are mm -hmm. eating. And then actually this climate change and all this crap people has been talking for years is actually work is actually happening. I talked two days ago with a friend in Tromsø in Norge, mm -hmm. where normally I used to go there and share some insects. Actually, I was supposed to make an online gastronomic consulting with a crazy Viking from Norway that we are going to do some kind of uh, gastronomic fusion food. I want to bring my insect from the Amazon and he's going to bring his Norwegian uh, food. 
and it cannot happen because it's not snow on it. It's not yeah. snowing. It's uh, completely warm. So if you really want to do something about that, then that's exactly what I want to try. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. So how can people find you, reach out to you? Wherever you dot jungla dot deco, and it comes in a crazy guy with big hair like this, that's going to be me. That can be in Instagram. That can be in LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course, I, as a, I am as a Louis Letzi because it's a way more serious platform. And I don't think that if I'm going to talk with Mr. René Redsepi from No Man, he wants my services. He wants to talk with jungle crazy guy with the hairs. He wants to talk with Mr. Louis Letzi. So in a way, I have tried to fusion a little bit of these two worlds, but so on is just go with double, double, double jungla.deco in the websites. In Instagram is just like arroba jungla.deco. Or just shout out, and I hope I can see you on the social nets, but Facebook as well. Facebook, but Facebook is more personal and crazy and things. So no, don't go to my Facebook. I strongly, strongly recommend don't go to my Facebook. Keep yourself, if you want to see about jungles and insects, keep yourself in Instagram and in LinkedIn. That's the professional. The other one is the crazy Louis. <laughs> That's the fun part. Yeah, that's right. Well, Louis, thank you very much for your time. It was awesome hey, talking to you. Looking forward to following your success story in the next year as well. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for your patient and knowledgeful recommendations in order of my place. See you around and for sure see you in the jungle, brother. Thank you. Ciao, bro. Hey, this is Jens again. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you have listened to, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episodes with your friends and people you think might like it too. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, please follow me on social media or look me up at jensheitland.com. Thank you very much and see you in the next episode.